This is O Ship, the show where experts and leaders look back at their biggest moments of failure just so you can avoid making them. And there is no one better to squeeze the naked truth out of our charismatic guests than your host, Chameleon Collective Founding Partner, Freddie Laker. Hey everyone, welcome to another week of O Ship. This week, I have another one of my great friends on, Stephen Moy, who I got a chance to know back uh, when we worked together at Sapient Nitro. Uh, he was a very, very, very clever uh, VP-level business lead out of the Boston office that I always really admired. Uh, and beyond that, he has impeccable taste in food. So frankly, I always enjoyed hanging out with him when I got a chance. Since then, he's gone on to do some pretty incredible things. Uh, he has been the uh, CEO of Isobar UK. He is currently the CEO of Barbarian Group, an agency I've, I've always admired. He's held roles like the former EVP and CTO of RGA. He is a campaign 40 over 40. He is a campaign A-lister. Uh, this is a really, really bright guy whose mind, uh, if you ever get a chance to peek into it, like today, is always worth your time. And we're going to talk about the changing face of the agency business. Now, I think a lot of this can be about things like the role of an agency and how the business model's been changing. A lot of this can be thinking about maybe the cultural implications of how agencies have shifted over the years and even more so in the last year to frankly, even some of the learnings he's got from being now a second round CEO, which is you know still some great experience, but still fairly early in his in his CEO career and some of the things that maybe he's picked up along the way. So whether you're in the agency business, you're an entrepreneur, you're a consultant, or just generally enthusiastic about leadership and entrepreneurialism, I think you're going to find today's episode super interesting on today's O Ship. Stephen, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. Well, thank you for having me, Freddy. Yeah, my pleasure. So where, where, where are you calling in from today? I'm calling in from Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, I'm spending the weekend here for July 4th. Sounds awesome. I, uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't left uh, left, left South Florida in a while. So frankly, going, going any place that sounds like a little bit of a break sounds awesome. Well, you know, today I want to, there's so much stuff we can talk about. Uh, I feel like, frankly, I, I, I can tell the vets we could use three shows for this. But just to give a little bit of context, I, I gave you, you know, a little bit of a setup in the intro, but it would be really helpful if um, you could share uh, with our audience a little bit about yourself and your background. Oh, yeah, thank you. I always say caveat, you know, disclaimer about, you know, not uh, happen. Um, that's smart, the smartest guy, but happen by luck. And I, enter the advertising business. So the first decade, I would consider, I actually started off as a software engineer. It was back then with AOL, you know, computer stuff when internet just came into the picture. And then also I did a lot of e-commerce, like design, architecture, credit card transaction. And then I, uh, I got an opportunity to join Sapient and the rest is history, right? Joining a more like really groundbreaking digital consultancy way back during the dot-com bubble. You know, really grew my career there from a tech software engineer into a more client services, helping clients to solve problems. Uh, so I spent almost two times with Sapien, almost a, a decade over there. Uh, and then I, I think 2012, that was the time I decided to try something different. I joined Dentsu uh, Isobar. Uh, back then, that was pretty groundbreaking when Dentsu and Aegis 
two right two major holding company merged together you know Japanese and also British and uh, I was fortunate to uh, work with a bunch of CEOs at Isobar and helping them to what's next generation of agency and uh, of course the learning from Sapien apply there you know creativity and technology always has been very fascinating that to create new things for our client so I spent four years at Isobar uh, they named me uh, Isova CEO UK uh, after a couple of acquisition. How to take a creative agency and a e-commerce agency and stitch them together, uh, and then of course timing. Very interestingly, uh, I, I went to UK before Brexit, witnessed Brexit, and 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 then I left. And I got an opportunity once in a lifetime opportunity to work with Bob Greenberg, the founder of RBA, and uh, I was the first US CTO the job created created by Bob and the executive team to look into how can we help a client using technology to really unlock growth, even more so transforming the business. Because a lot of time it's more than communication, right? A lot of time we're focusing on advertising, all about communication. Uh, and then Bob retired after two and a half years, I, I got recruited to take on Barbarian, uh, which is a 20-year-old uh, brand that Fred, you and I talk about, right? I like, came up from Boston, right? Small world. I competed with them. Many moons ago, when I was a sapien, always admired their you know, fearlessness. Things not happening, they're going to create like Subserving Chicken in 2003 to you know, the Cinder open source platform 2013. So I took on the road to we, we Ignite and also we introduced Barbarian after 20 years into the market. And can, I cannot believe it, including COVID, it's been almost two years with Barbarian. So we're enjoying it. Interesting time to get thrown in the deep end of a, a CEO right. role going through some deep transformation. I, I want to go back uh, for two seconds before we kind of deep, deep dive into this. What was working with Bob Greenberg like out of interest? He, I mean, he, he, so he was the CEO. Did you learn anything interesting from, from him? Yeah. Well, first of all, it's just iconic. I mean, Bob yeah. himself, right, with the presence. When he speaks, everyone listens. Yeah, yeah. including our client. I'm talking CEO, CMO level. People just want to talk to him. And that's one thing about the presence, about the, right, always at the forefront, you know, like with that authority, almost an like authority about uh, digital transformation. And remember like how they transformed the company from a production. Remember when Bob first started in the 70s with his younger brother uh, or his, his brother, they do special effects. I didn't know that when I, until I learned from Bob. You know the you know the first Predator movie, the the heat map and with Arnold Schwarzenegger, done by LGA. I did not know that. One of the things I wasn't expecting to learn today, but I'll add that to the list. It's great. <laughs> so can you imagine from a film production also using technology to you know create different type of experiences and visual effect and transform into one of the most iconic uh, agencies like Nike Plus, remember all that. Uh, they always believe, like the relationship with Nike, always believe it's not about advertising. It's about the ecosystem you build. When you join the ecosystem, you don't leave. I don't have the advertising. It's interesting as well because you, you could argue that that he helped navigate that company through a couple different periods of transformation of the industry, which is also what we're you know. And he and he retired before I'd say navigating through the next. You know, and so the next big evolutions we're talking about now. So I think there's some there's something interesting there. Small tangent, but on the side note. No, you're right. One thing I, I would say to uh, talk about, Ajay, Bob always has a philosophy. He's building an 80% company, never done. 
So every yeah. nine, nine year, I learned so much from him. Every nine year, we were trying something. So, so that's why when he brought me in, they're never focusing on enterprise technology. Like, but all our clients using the user suspect, like Adobe, Salesforce, and all the marketing tech and, and advertising tech. And how can you make them more efficient, efficient and effective? So ne- never done evolving, though. An, eight, an 80% company, that's cool. My, my minor Bob story was... There was a time when it felt like Sapien, Nitro, and RGA were constantly pitching against each other, and I was involved with a, you know a, a large chunk of some of the biggest pitches that, that Sapien Nitro was working on at any given time, or certainly the ones that we'd be likely to be pitching against RGA on. And it, it happened just multiple times that they would literally come out of a pitch as we'd walk into it, or vice versa. So we'd always be passing each other in the in the halls, and I don't even I. I I doubt he knows me by name or remembers me but from back then. But back then, I definitely I remember we passed each other enough that it's just like, hi, Bob. And he'd be like, hi, Sapient Crew. <laughs> As we you know, kind of go in and out of these uh, these pitches against each other, it's was, it was pretty funny. It was, all, all, it was great fun for everyone then. I don't think there's any, and it was a very friendly competition, put it that way. So when you think about how these things have shifted, you know, I, I worth noting, you know, I, I've had Michael Edwards and big spaceship on recently and some of the folks like, you know, wrecking ball who were, you know, some of the original co-founders of agency net, a lot of these guys who like in the early days of let's say barbarian or even you know, my old agency, Ike million, where we were doing all this kind of like wild west digital creative stuff. It was pretty bonkers and pretty off the wall. Then I feel like you went through this phase where you know everyone got really serious about data and shocker you know people wanted a return on investment for their money and and things got a little bit more controlled and then i think you and i were together in that period that followed which was and i think sapien really set the the tone on this frankly uh, people thought they were crazy in the beginning but then you know finding this intersection of technology and creativity i think was was really really big and then I think, you know, they started, you started seeing this, this kind of next phase where that became more the norm. And then where do you think it kind of went from there? I mean, you, you people have talked about kind of the rise of consultants and things like that. Uh, and then frankly, I think I want to talk, you went through that specifically and then some of those, but I, and then I'd like to talk after that about what I think the next big wave is. But if you could kind of give me your, your take on that, I'd, I'd love to get your reaction to it. Yeah, definitely, right? We, we're fortunate enough to witness all the technological innovation. It used to be decades. Remember, like, the, the 80s, 90s, and when I talked about her, right, in the 70s, the most groundbreaking for financial services, ATM, right? They started rolling out ATM because of the distribution and scale, but it took decades. And in 2007, you and I, you know, like, iPhone came about, everything changes. But the, it's a pace of innovation. It's really accelerating, like, uh, since iPhone came about. So you see the new, if you look at the, the top 10 brands in the world, majority of the technology company, right? The Apple of the world, the Samsung of the world, the Netflix and Google. That shift, that shift introducing more digital enabled touchpoint for brand to build relationship with the consumer. So a lot of times, that's how you see the flip. When Remember Forrester Gardner one time, they said the CMO going to spend more money in, in technology investment. Yeah. They want to catch up. They want to understand what the new frontier when when something got introduced like iPad, right? Or all of a sudden you got like a oh, mobile app, like oh, now you have TikTok. How can I build a relationship with the customer? So you see that yin and yang. So that's why you see majority of company now start adopting. They all need to be well-versed, even though you don't have to be the system integrator or the, you know, the superior technologist. 
But you have to understand what you're dealing with to build communication, uh, to build uh, commerce and uh, you know customer relationship management strategy. So that's one thing. Now, the consultancy has an advantage because they came from that world, right? They have always worked with the CIO, long-term relationship, major infrastructure from call center to, you know, data farm to all the tech. And they are very well-versed with the technology. So all of a sudden become, they have an edge coming into the picture. Uh, I, I think that's why a lot of time you see the consultancy really coming into the advertising world. You see the uh, collision and the deconstruction of the industry, like Bob some, uh, always told me. But interestingly, if you think about it, I think, you know, can I touch on next? Because what I believe, you see- Yeah, go for it. Like, we, we, we are very fortunate, right? Freddie, you and I, like, what at Sapien Nitro, they, they were at one point at the forefront, oh, let me create a new category about cre- creative and technology together because those go hand in hand, like, over a decade ago. I think the next wave, like if you see all the AI, machine learning, marketing automation, everybody has it. Uh, and also all the major player has a lot of innovation can share. Look at Alibaba, look at Amazon, single state, 40 billion, whatever, live streaming they've been doing for many, many years. Every minute they generate 500,000, whatever, crazy. Yeah. But I think we'll go back to the basic, assuming everybody got it's a must-have to understand the technology competency. What are out there? How you can put an ecosystem, connecting all the ecosystem, the data together, so you can build relationship uh, as a brand to the consumer. Let's say you and I all have the same technology. I think we is getting there because with automation, AI, uh, machine learning. I think the next frontier going back is you know what we're competing with Friday, your brand, because you and I can launch a new sneaker. Right, go on Alibaba, we can start selling, right? We don't even have need a store, right? Where you get on. And then you have all the technology that's like Amazon Opera, right? Credit card checkout, you know, one click checkout, like two day delivery. Everything's there, even return. Why are they buying our sneaker, right? Freddy, when we compare Nike, because the brand of Nike. So I think I, I think it's very interesting. And when you see the market become very uh, the convergence faster for communication and commerce and CRM all together, the technology, everybody get more efficient, new technology coming in, making more affordable. I think we need to go back to ourselves, how you build brands, right? How you connect to the emotional level so people will buy your stuff. What do you think? So uh, total agreement. And, and you know, you start thinking about what it takes to be super competitive now. People are getting better and better at, at all of these different uh, approaches, let's call it, to, to building their businesses. You know, a lot of people are then shifting, trying to shift some of the stuff in-house because it, it, it's such a you know big part of what they need to be successful. Why do you think people should outsource at this point? You know, why 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 bring it to an agency uh, versus kind of build building some of these capabilities internally? Yeah, it's a great question. I'm seeing that dynamic right like many many years ago. I think the specialization, uh, the innovation side. Uh, a lot of time, I see a lot of C level. Like I see a client calling me or my my colleagues in the industry is. First, they want to understand, like, with all the new touch point coming in, like, from did you see CES, right? Samsung released five robots, right? All of a sudden, you got like new digital touch point at home, too. TikTok, no one even paid attention two years ago. All of a sudden, you got TikTok, right? All of a sudden, all this new digital touch point. So, the first question that's why a lot of consultancy coming in, like, competing and also agency creating, creating consulting services. 
how you identify new territory or new business model or new area for the brand to explore. Almost like solving business R&D, what's next for them? Either preventing extension or leapfrog your competition. So that's a lot of new thinking about digital consultancy, how you unpack, identify new territory for you to innovate. Uh, and then also a lot of new things coming in is about like, uh, because like when you get in-house setup, it's a lot of uh, agency model or maturity model. You, you talk about efficiency, efficacy, a lot of talk about scalability. But innovation come from is about like how, how can you mix a, little, a lot of different disciplines together and quickly identify area. So I see a lot of time uh, the they will also call agency partner to come in. Hey, I only have a limited budget. I want to actually see even my idea will work or help me to find an idea so I can go to the board to identify. So agency, I would say a lot of the modern, more uh, digital uh, central agency has an advantage because they, they be, they've been working on many different brands mm-hmm. around the world, right? Learn something from China, like look at what Alibaba do, like you know, single state, class they run or from Europe. Uh, to many, many different countries. So you can bring that back and also working with the the client. And because they don't come with a lot of legacy, war garden, politics, right, line of businesses. So you can come in with a fresh, very connected and uh, fresh perspective to help them to identify a new area. I, I think that's another area that we can help a lot of clients because we don't have a lot of legacy. Sometimes it's a double So I don't have the legacy, but that, that's why I may have different thinking than a lot of in-house agency. So I see that area. Uh, I think a lot of new D2C uh, phenomena you, you see, right, the last couple of years, I think D2C direct-to-consumer is a new imperative for any boardroom right now. I'm not suggesting to go cannibalize all your retail channel. I'm, I'm saying all the brands should have a direct conversation to their consumer directly. Mm-hmm. So a lot of time, if you look at a lot of Fortune 100 companies, they build by line of business, built by function. They may not have the opportunity to look across all the business units to identify the, the synergy, the opportunities. So that's another area I think a lot of agencies can come in and you know, basically connecting the dot, right, if you will. Yeah. What I'm seeing a lot of um, right now is basically, uh, you know, you're seeing certain companies that say if they don't have enough money to, to insource it, or they only do a couple activations a year, that you know, it makes a ton of sense to go out to an agency. Yeah. What I'm seeing is 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 more common because of the ways that Chameleon Collector sits in a lot of different interim CMO or Chief Revenue Officer kind of roles. Um, we have some pretty good visibility to this. I mean, sorry to interrupt you, uh, Friday. Yeah, I have a lot of time. Uh, just recently, right? I mean, I can talk freely about it. Like I told you about, we are working with American Express. We are very fortunate. We launched a membership week uh, during the week of in June. We did it in six weeks. Most companies couldn't get out of their way to do something like that. Right. I mean, <laughs> that week, right, we launched every single piece of content every day with different theme from restaurant with David Chan to Equinox for sports and health. And then the last day we launched it with the, with a uh, Brooklyn, a New York brand called uh, New York or Nowhere uh, exclusive capsule collection with American Express. We did live streaming with Instagram, but the whole thing from concept to launch in five weeks. And then we sold out everything. Uh, so I think the key, a lot of time, that agility, right? You're not living in the, in the silo organization, helped uh, a lot of brand to experiment. I, I think a lot of time it's not about 
the speed is help them. Can I test that out if I'm even on the right track? So that agility and speed, it really speak for itself right now. I, I see a lot of speed is a new uh, competitive advantage for a lot of brands. Yeah, I think that for the for the, someone like Amex, I think that makes total sense. I think some of the other things I'm seeing though is you'll see these basically uh, people trying to pull off the in-housing thing, but they, it, you know, when you take an, an agency like uh, Barbarian, and I mean this is a compliment that's intended to be, there's a certain level of craft that a lot of in-house teams just couldn't pull off, and I, and what I think is challenging and, and creates the biggest challenge for agencies moving forward, right, is that. If you have got a brand that can't attract super A-grade talent, because A-grade people want to work on A-grade stuff, right. and so it may be really hard for people to build these kind of internal teams, you know. but then you get on the flip to that, that means that some of the most desirable brands that agencies might want to work with, or then it could be quite challenging because you know th- those people have the highest likelihood to maybe try and bring some of this stuff in house. It's, it's a, it's a tricky, it's a tricky time, I think for agencies. And you, you said one, one word earlier that really just kind of uh, clicks me, which is I think this specialization, trying to stay away from the generalist, you know, in internal teams, people want to bring in all these generalists and they, and, and that, that makes sense for your core team, but you, these, these incredible specialists, frankly, are worth paying a premium for and, and outsourcing. I'm going to ask you two questions. I'm going to, I, Test, test your test your thinking here. Uh, let's start with the current, and then I want to compare it to compare it to the past. What would you say is the the best thing about leading an agency in twenty twenty one? Oh wow! <laughs> it's uh, I, I, I remember I was telling you like I mean you know even though I went to business school and engineering school, that's no book to tell you how to be a better CEO. Through the pandemic, before the pandemic, and after the pandemic. Seriously, that's no instruction manual. I hope that that's what I'm telling you. How, how do you handle when the whole uh, country, the world, lockdown, and then you have all the social pandemic as well, all the changes? Uh, I think the best. Uh, I, I think the best is with all the pinup demand, we we survive and you know we you know vic- can claim victory that uh, out, out of the pandemic. I think that's a lot of new. Uh, element which you consider meaning uh, people willing to try more like experiment. Uh, the, during the pandemic, I remember I did a study for Samsung, one of my clients. Uh, when we did the consumer research, right, the first three months, right, you know, number one selling, you know, uh, grocery item, you know, I, I was shocked too, like not not toilet paper or the other one, actually baking mix. So the first okay. one, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my list of the second really random, interesting thing. Other day. Baking. <laughs> so, and also, and then remember that that was the time like social commerce really live streaming came to the U.S. market, at least I can say, right? All of a sudden, you go, you got stuck on, you're consuming more content and then you see, oh, that's acceptable because I can no longer that. Now, all of a sudden, you see a new wave of uh, leaders uh, in the agency world and also in the brand side. You see a lot of people willing to try stuff out. So in 2020, we launched a Milsenic Segway in four months, right? Like launch a fashion line for over-the-counter drug. We want to reach a Gen Z during the pandemic, fashion show, YouTube Live, direct-to-consumer. We tried that out. So that learning can apply to this year. So that's why I said, you know, just in talk about American Express, we were able to apply that learning and do it in six weeks again, right, for that. But I think there's a lot of new behavior that for the customer side of the house that people are willing to try new things. 
That's, that's such a great point. I, I, I love I love this idea because I think, you know, I was going to ask you what, you know, what was the best thing about being in a, in a, in a leading digital agency in 2011? So kind of going back 10 years, but don't answer that just yet. Yeah. My thinking though is that, you know, one thing that's so exciting about maybe some of the times we've talked about in the past was that there was this, this kind of wild west kind of thinking. And, you know, you're right. I'm seeing the same, the same trend where I think maybe because 2020 just kind of blew up everything that everyone all of a sudden is like, well, yeah, let's, let's experiment. Let's try new things again. Nothing, not all the rules have been broken. And, and I'm seeing, I hadn't explicitly thought about it until you said it, but yeah, I'm seeing that same trend and it's, and it's kind of awesome, honestly, just to be able to go out there and, and suggest something that isn't in the normal playbook. And then because they said, well, the old, someone burned the old playbook down last year. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, I mean, one thing we all know, right? The new should be more uh, forefront and forward before the pandemic. Now is the time, right? Uh, we truly talk about DEI, right? Diversity, inclusion, and equality, right? That's a lot of, I really believe the new wave, when your company more diverse, you have more cross-culture, cross-religions, any thinking, right? Good thinking from any people, uh, people, any 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 color people. I think that will pave the new path for innovation. Because you think, remember, I, I did I tell you, like if you traditional, you ask me, hey, how you decide for a digital native? Before the pandemic, we would talk about digital native. Well, typically, uh, you know, college educated can can buy a thousand dollar phone, either Samsung or iPhone, and then when you design everything, but if you look at that profile, majority, can I be candid, majority uh, is more white and affluent crowd because people can afford the phone. And also, you know, when you look at the demographic in US, uh, I was telling you, like, I did a talk for the drum. They said, hey, what do you think about this? Our, even our ecosystem has a systemic, you know, stereotype, which is true. If you go to Google, do a Google search on images, you type in Chinese food, it's all fried rice and egg roll. Nothing wrong with that, but we offer more, right? Even our index engine is taught that way, right? So how can you really create something is truly innovative for all assets, all level, and for all people, right? I think that that is a lot of new learning, a lot of executive at the, at the brand could, could learn, right? Remember shutdown. I mean, I remember one study, they were telling me like, you know, how many 40% of the US population is hourly wage and like, crazy amount of population, a single parent. And during lockdown, no school, a lot of the internet, they don't even have Wi-Fi at home. The only internet access is the phone that uh, the parent has. They have to go to the mall and get access to school. Think about that, Freddie. So I think that's an opportunity. Now you should design, you know, new universal access based on a really diverse world that we should be helping the client to think through. I think that's a lot of uh, new opportunity for brand really can produce a better. So uh, j- jumping back into into where um, you know we were at, what was the best thing about being in a leading digital agency ten years ago versus versus today? Well, I think uh, uh, at least my humble opinion, uh, uh, I, I have a relatively smaller setup, uh, and I can make decisions quite fast. And I always have a philosophy: go try something out. So I think, at least my client, my opinion, you, you know, really demanding a new type of digital agency to help them to really identify, unlock growth and also identify new innovation area for them to go try in the market. And uh, I think one thing, uh, second will be 
that's a lot of new area our client really want to try new things and so make my team very excited like um, Amazon innovation we're in e-commerce been you know, two decades but you see the latest statistic and people really try new things so for talent retention and attractiveness for a lot of talent I, I do have a portfolio working on those uh, type of projects uh, that's very interesting and also I you know you and I talk about it right we we live through a lot of different cycle of um, agency world you know from sapien to many different world and I really want to be helping a client in a way that is more uh, focusing on transforming their business like in a sense is prevent extension or lift up the competition so I, I would say I would love to create the future faster that's my tagline so I always believe that I can help a client create the future faster uh, but also for the industry, right? And, you know, if you can produce live streaming, like what we did for Amex in six weeks, and you put a lot of pressure into the you know, industry for, for programs, if you're really thinking about what you want to build an e-commerce solution, going to take two years, you should have second thought. So I think that that brand new world about speed and also fast uh, would become another element that uh, I can play, at least uh, as a leader, uh, with, with a small and nimble agency. I know I may not giving you the best answer, but that's how I feel. Yeah, no, I, I, actually, I was going to say, I think that's a great way to segue over to talking about, I think, your own transformation of the business that you're leading now. And I think there's some general themes that you'll you know, that apply to the whole industry. Uh, I have to ask just on a, on, a, on a fun level first, Barbarian Group uh, famously or infamously, depending on how you want to look at it, has this you know kind of legendary table that runs through the the office that I remember always geeking out on seeing the photos. And any of those of you who haven't seen it, you know, it's this kind of beautiful, almost art-like snake that goes through the whole office, goes over hallways, you know, and and basically everyone was supposed to be able to sit at it. So it's this concept of of you know kind of mass collaboration. I think there's something really interesting about that. In, in, a, in a world where last year everything got completely blown up and no one was able to go into an office and everything all of a sudden was like virtual collaboration and, and so on. And I'd just be interested to know, like, how has the, the concept maybe of collaboration at, at Barbarian Group evolved, frankly, due to the pandemic, um, you know, or just, you know, or maybe, or maybe that plus the evolution of the industry. Yeah, good question. I still have the desk. Uh, welcome to visit me. Uh, I still have the desk. I've I, I never seen it in person. I'd love to see it in person. The color, a little faded, but I still have the desk. If you are totally correct. Basically, everybody should have a seat to the table and kind of like you're all connected to the desk. Uh, I think the pandemic really forced a lot of people to start thinking about how to work collaboratively uh, using digital technology like video conferencing, Slack, and all the tools. Uh, I think one thing we were uh, we were fortunate because of our relationship with our parent uh, company, Chell Worldwide. So Barbarian has been designing all the uh, product detail pages, e-commerce, uh, uh, for all the flagship uh, Samsung phone launches for, for a decade. So we got a little more accustomed to working remotely with multi-people, multi-time zone, multi-region. So for us to transition, that was pretty easy for us during the pandemic. And one thing mm -hmm. we learned... Uh, Couple of things adopting the concept. Well, we did a launch for NARS, which is a, a Shiseido uh, beauty brand. And uh, we ended up during the pandemic launching them, helping them to get on T-Mobile, uh, exactly one over a year ago. We had to learn how to do Zoom or Slack remote directing people to do photo shoots. So that's a new learning, how you create content with remotely. <laughs> that's interesting. 
uh, we did innovation sprint. Used to be, you know, remember good old days, you just go in, invite, you know, all your clients into a big room with whiteboard and then you innovate. We learned to how to do it over Zoom and or any video uh, conferencing platform. Not easy. It took a while, like, you know, how you share concepts. So we call a lot of over communication, leveraging the best tool for whiteboarding. They do have, you know, software allowed that break breakout room by Zoom, if you're using Zoom or any other technology. But also really have to force you to prepare more. So we adopted that yeah, with a lot of great learnings. I, I think you know, right now we are doing, you know, planning right now, we are talking about reopening uh, in New York City. So we're going to do a hybrid model, like two days come in. So we can do workshop, meeting clients, and we also allow people working from home. Because I think the new world is you don't have to necessarily sit together, you know, you know, as long as you can figure a way to do it. But certain things cannot be placed. I, I do agree with you, uh, Bradley, right? I would love to meet my client in person. <laughs> yeah, it's a, there's a, a culture aspect of this I want to touch on. Uh, do, we, do you have a nice question just popped in from the audience? Uh, uh, Andrew Goldman uh, wants to ask you, uh, he said, if you had to choose, what is the bigger threat to successful leadership? Other agency competition, which can slow business growth for your firm, or client lag and transformational business challenges, which can slow your ability to lead in evolutionary ways? Oh, wow. Great questions. I, I think being a second-time CEO, to be honest with you, and I began that at least my learning, I'm still learning, is yourself. You know, I constantly asking myself, how can I be a better leader? Should I be better listener, better mentor, better coach? Or uh, this time around, I have to only can speak for myself. I learn how to drop my ego. Uh, we all have a little ego or certain uh, preferences. Or, but I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's yourself as a leader, uh, at least in my category. I would say you have to start listening. You have to know that you don't have all the answers. You have to listen to your team or your client, because they are closer to the problem. So I think if I have to say, I, I see all the competition from consultancy, tech company coming in, you know, all the agencies transforming themselves, become more digital and marketing, tech savvy. But I think leadership, I would go back to the root, just all about yourself. How can you be a better leader? Listening, act, show example. The good old days, leadership still work, but I think with faction, you have to really listen to the people and act upon it and lead by example. Uh, at least my opinion, mm -hmm. and my opinion. I think, you know, and echoing that, but answering some parts, I think in a different way, you know, one of the things that, that Andrew mentioned was this kind of challenge of uh, client lag, you know, stopping you from uh, being an industry leader. And, and I want to be honest, clear and say what I'm about to say Sounds really great uh, if you can can ha you know have so many clients that you can pick and choose how you want. So I want to be clear and say I understand that not everyone has this luxury, but if you do have the ability to pick and choose your clients, and you have a and you have a lot of opportunity, whether you're an agency or a consulting firm or whatever your professional service is, I would say that if a client is too slow or creates a lag and is not, is not able to keep up with the pace that you feel that you have the potential to create and, and you, you know, don't want to just staff up and keep them and bring on more clients, I recommend you change your clients. So this is not a matter of uh, you know, competition. Uh, I think this is a, a willingness to say no to certain clients. I think there's an opportunity cost to having clients who, who aren't willing or able 
more frequently is actually the problem to change or evolve or to do great work at. And and I'm I'm very um, you know I'm in a kind of a stage in in my I don't want to call it my career because I think I've still got a long long way to go in it. But certainly in my life, uh, where like I I only want to do interesting and good things, and I've realized that every client that I let bog me down is actually preventing me because my time is limited, right? That's the one thing that's all finite for all of us. You know, that that is the one thing that I, I need to get rid of these people so I can open the world to, to possibilities there. And, and that's how I think you stay competitive if you want to work on all the, on all the kind of best, um, best stuff that is out there. So I want to go back to the, the territory of, of culture and ask one more question there. And then I've got a couple more questions around about being a CEO I'd like to ask you before we run out of time today. What do you think the role of a CEO is in developing and leading the culture? Uh, well, I don't even say leading, developing the culture uh, for a business. Because maybe it's not about leading. Who knows? <laughs> you know, I, mean, it is not, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to take you down any one direction. Yeah, very, uh, okay. very good question. Because actually, I'm going through that right now. <laughs> like, when you have a lot of new talent joining and you know uh, joining the agency, and uh, it's uh, it's interesting. I believe at first we we have to start with the definition of a culture. Right? I, I truly believe it's a core set of value that uh, help cultivate certain behavior. How how you want your company to behave, right? Uh, we at Barbarian, at least I can speak for Barbarian. Remember good old days when we were a sapien, they always the core values, which is still timeless in many, many aspects. And kind of like that, right? The guiding principle. So for us, it's about, uh, at least my, I'm going through that right now because I, like half of my team is new. Because the explosive growth we have, we hire a lot of new people, allowing you to learn and absorb new culture element and make Keep on refining. Mm-hmm. So I would say culture is not static. It's a dynamic component of the company. And you really want to create an environment that people can also collaborate and elevate the culture. So we, we started with some ethos or guiding principle or core values, at least what we talk about, like, to help me to think, to make decisions and also help me to uh, make sure we're recruiting the right people to join the company. First is uh, we are here to make our client famous. I think what you know, you know, what I mean, like, it's a little bit different than a lot of um, uh, a lot of my colleagues out there or uh, other people. Historically, that's a perception about advertising agency all about going to win a war. No, our job is making them famous. We're more like an unsunk yeah. hero than focusing on the spotlight. So I think that's a little subtle, subtle difference for us. Uh, we always make it when that doesn't exist. The second company we make it. So I like that more entrepreneurial, innovative, or fearlessness culture. Right? Hey, you know, we, we think about, you know, you know, eventually we're going to have a flying robot or teleportation, right? You know, imagination helps. If that's how they say, why don't we experiment and try it? So I always encourage, we need people aligned with that. Like there, there's sometimes new territory may not be a brief out there because our client don't know what they're looking for. We are describing the new world. So you need people, uh, I need people to fit that. So, you know, also evolving that. So that whole fearlessness and also that more entrepreneurial and when, when it doesn't exist, we make it. And then also, I think that there's a new wave of uh, collaboration. I would say, I think the DEI, you know, movement or the, the focus helped. Uh, in the past, right, you talk about diversity. I mean, I think it's a new foundation. Everybody should be diverse. We are 3% certified. It took a while for us to certify. Only eight companies in the U.S. got certified, meaning we really balance. I think that's a new table stick. Remember I talked about innovation and you really have to understand, you know, uh, like equality and inclusion. So 
in our new culture, we uh, or evolving culture, is diversity is already part of our DNA. Like we just set up workshop about inclusion and equality. So inclusion, the new I think require a new definition in the world. Not only just or having diverse team, inclusion meaning you have to listen and also allow everybody with different background and uh, philosophy or whatever belief system they have to have a shared voice listening. Like also listen, like really listening and incorporate. You can debate, but the, I think inclusion, you have to start allowing so many different elements. You and I know that sometimes the most creative people are actually technologists because they're working with like coding something or you know, yeah. a drone together. So I think a lot of new creativity can come. I mean, and then equality, I talk about equality. I truly believe uh, equal pay, doesn't matter what cut people, uh, what, what gender you're. And that's, that's where you can kind of set culture through basically policy. And I think there's this other side that's like the soft side of it. If you saw me snickering a second ago, wasn't it your answer, by the way? It was me flickering through my mind that I was like, yeah, this is much better where I feel like, you know, <laughs> 10 years ago, the, the whole agency culture was effectively defined by how good was your alcohol tolerance and could you go out with your friends without embarrassing yourself? Uh, you know, because I feel like it was such a, a boozy, a boozy industry. I think it's still, you know, a little bit of a boozy industry, but that can't be the defining quality of right. uh, certainly, you know, uh, uh, some of these agencies, uh, you know, the, the younger, the younger part of the agency culture, I don't think kind of like it used to be uh, for better or for worse. So, so uh, I've got two more questions I want to ask you. You've been a CEO twice now. You, you had a run at Isobor and then you had your second CEO uh, run, you know, for head first right into uh, one of the worst pandemics or you know, global catastrophes in the last uh, hundred years. What would you say, uh, what has changed for you the most as a CEO? So when you think about how, what the CEO you used to be and the CEO you are this time, is there a, like a simple kind of change, fundamental change that has occurred in you in, in, in any way, shape or form? I, I totally. <laughs> I, I don't remember when I first yeah. took the first CEO job, that's a lot of uh, inherent uh, expectation. He knows it all or she knows it all, the CEO knows it all. The second time during the pandemic, it's okay to acknowledge, I really don't know the answer, right? The whole world lockdown, we've never seen anything like that. And then you see all the, you know, BLM, all, all the different unrest coming out. Like I still remember, even though I'm, I'm, I'm Asian American, like I'm people of color, during those period of time, I really never experienced anything like that, right? In, you know, like, so I learned this, acknowledge you really don't know. I, I think that actually, that authenticity helped and get getting connected with your people and your client as well. So I think that's one thing. You, you don't know what you don't know is fine. Acknowledge it, right? Being a human, you know. Uh, second, as I mentioned earlier, I asked myself constantly. Because it used to be, I remember the first time I was CEO, I think, ah, oh, I should, I know all the answers. And then, of course, right, you know, you make mistakes along the way. So the second round is, I really don't know the answer. Let me listen to the people more. Because they actually, in the action, day-to-day, they can provide more insight for you to make better decisions. So I, I started working, really listening, you know, uh, and that way, like really factoring everything decision I make. And then third is I don't like bureaucracy. So you should be able to make decision and try it. So having that experimental trial and error culture is okay. I think in the new world order we're living in, because like, for example, how would we know, right? 
we talk about like Olympic like, now they're doing televised right? you know, like, so new world order so I think still like uh, and I think the world I would really recommend somebody can write a book about how to be a better CEO I, 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 would, I would find you to go go yeah. write it uh, another thing I know most of I, I, I've been looking for instruction manual that's no instruction yeah, <laughs> I've been trying to look for one for twenty years as well, so I feel your pain. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask one last final question. It wouldn't be oh ship if I didn't ask for an oh ship moment, uh, whether that's something that's happened in the past or uh, you know, and further back in history, or frankly, even the last you know whatever sixteen seventeen months we've been going through this uh, your newest newest leadership role. Is there any kind of oh ship moment you can share where maybe? Things went a little bit off the rails, and and you guys were able to, uh, or you or your team was able to kind of recover from it. Uh, whether you learned something from that, it was inspiring, or maybe it's just funny at this point. Maybe not funny at the time that you can uh, share with us. <laughs> it's interesting. We uh, we used to do our we, every week. We have uh, like a more like a happy hour, like getting people together. I still remember we like very easy for us like the big desk, and we just like every Thursday five o'clock. You know, wine and bear coming out. Not saying we, you know, it's just celebration. They get very used to it. I still remember we tried something new when the pandemic hit. That that turned out at first was successful, and then the and then we got Zoom fatigue. Very interesting. We started working with the local restaurant. Got Samir got on the Zoom call for us to do a wine tasting. I mean, helping the local business when people are out of job, and we did that. Uh, we got covered by one of the like every week I forgot what it was like that, that was pretty new. Like we tried something new, but then then of course like we learned oh, how many Zoom call you can join, right? You, that fatigue and drop up rate. <laughs> so we constantly calibrate. Are we picking the right topic? And we how can we refresh get people engaged? Uh, so we we learning that. Uh, and when when we do town hall, typically we just get gathering and again, right? Like I I remember I did one town hall only by myself. You know, office. <laughs> that's that's our ship for you. You're like, oh, well, that didn't, that didn't work out very well. I remember, <laughs> yeah. So a lot of crazy moments. Of course, like you know, as I mentioned, right? Even pitching. Remember, one thing is how you create pitch theater. Now, wow. actually, can I be candid? Actually, became my advantage. Now, something with personality, yeah. I do have a pretty strong. Person. Right. Yeah, you so do. I think yeah, that's awesome. now that's why a small agency can compete with the biggest one, you know, uh, too soon. So I think that's a lot of new expectation for CEO. You have to be pretty charismatic. Yeah, yeah. No one's going to overpower you just because they've got the shiniest right. office kind now of thing. Now it's like, you have content, you yeah. have the and also can you really connect with the client? And preferably not zooming them from uh, your bedroom. Other, as long as you got that, you exactly. should be. You should so be I think those are those shit moments. I find out. Oh, I can compete now. People say, "Hey, Stephen, I like on, on Zoom. Yeah, let's do it. Let's compete." Like, so that 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 that's great. Right. Well, I'm gonna use that as a, a perfect way to end. Uh, the best thing you can do to support the show is you know, subscribe, give us a like share it with your friends, anything you can to engage with the content. That's all we look for. Um, and we'll keep producing great content like this week after week and bringing on really amazing guests like Stephen. Um, if you want to learn more about Barbarian Group, uh, check out wearebarbarian.com and check out all the amazing work they've been doing. And, and hopefully soon you'll be able to see some of this new Amex work um, that he was talking about earlier. Stephen, I just want to say thanks again. It's great, great to see your face. Always fun to hear your stories. And I'm, I'm really excited uh, for your new CEO role and great get seeing all the great things you and Barbarian are going to do together. Well, thank you, Freddie. And I'm having so much fun. Thank you for having me.
it was great. You, you were wonderful. And again, thank you to everyone uh, watching. Uh, and uh, I hope to see you next week on O Ship. Thanks, everyone. The O Ship Show is brought to you by Chameleon Collective, where we lead, scale, and adapt to build and grow great companies. You can learn more at chameleoncollective.com. Freddie will see you next time when we will once again be raising the sails for the O Ship Show.